What's up, what's up? Thank you, Mr. Kyle down front. How's everybody? Welcome back. So glad you guys are here. Tonight, we're going to be finishing up our, uh, our last night together for swim lessons. Have you guys enjoyed the swim lesson series so far? No, yes. Thank you, dear Lord. Man, you, you guys are so excited, I tell you what. Hey, so glad to be back. So tonight, we're just going to take a couple minutes, and we're going to browse over what we've been chatting about, and then uh, we're going to kind of welcome in the series for next week. But uh, So what I want to do is, like, while, while I'm doing the, like, thing about going over what's coming, or, like, what we just did, uh, I want you to think about whenever you're taking your notes. What was really cool for Wednesday night when I was bringing this message, uh, it was cool for me to see so many middle schoolers with their notebooks out, and, like, I see a ton of you already doing that. But something that was new for me to notice the last few weeks, Dal and I noticed, was that students who weren't note takers, like for me, I'm not real big on note taking because I'm a visual guy. So what I would do, like when we went to a conference a couple uh, months ago, actually I would just take my phone out and just take pictures of the screen. Wednesday night, I saw a ton of middle school guys literally just taking pictures of the screen. So if you're not a note taker and you miss something because you're writing, feel free to take your phone out, take, take notes off the screen, and feel free to do that. So what we did, so the last few weeks, we've been talking about swim lessons. And we wanted you guys to be able to navigate life um, from the idea of swimming. So the first week, Trevor Miller, give Trevor Miller a hand. We love that guy, Trevor Miller. Come on, give it up for Trevor Miller. Yep. Uh, he gave us the idea that uh, in life, it's sink or swim. There's no like chance between jumping into the shallow end or just kind of dipping our toe, but the idea is that we're gonna jump in fully. And then when we do that, there's no option but to jump because hey, the water's good, come on in. He welcomed you to do that. And the great news we left with that night was that Jesus said, take heart, I've overcome the world. And we can take heart knowing that Jesus is in control of whatever circumstance that we find ourselves in. And he's there to help us. And we'll talk about that more tonight at the end of tonight's message. Uh, in week two, I told you guys, and if you remember that night, it was a memorable night because that's whenever our fire alarms went off and we ended up outside on the patio underneath the tree. It was pretty awesome. But who remembers what I told you guys to do, not what to do? Yes. She don't know. She put it up. I said, hey, remember the sign that said, oh, of course, we didn't get to show the sign. But the idea, how many of you ever seen the signs around someone's pool that says, notice the ool, notice there's no pee in it, let's help keep it that way. Have you ever seen that sign around a pool before? The idea I said is don't pee or poop in the pool. And that's what I talked about that night whenever the firemen were running around the buildings and trying to make sure we had no fire in the building. But here's the deal. Our world is filled with people who are saying lots of harsh stuff, a lot of negative things in the world. And that, for me, is just polluting the waters that we find ourselves in. So for us that night, I challenged, I said, you know, for us, it is, let's get our minds clear as so we get into situations that we're not putting pee or poo in the pool of life around us, but man, we're gonna wanna clean it up. We wanna use our minds, we wanna use the things that we've been taught to make those things so much better for our lives, but also the people's lives that are around us. In week three, we also heard from Trevor again. And in week three, uh, Trevor said that with the undertow of life comes trouble, especially in relationships. Use the idea of undertow at the ocean. And for us, it's about relationships. Um, and in our world, we know that, hey, it's all about, you know, we're seen as like sexual beings in this world. And there's a lot of pressure for girls and guys when it comes to dating relationships and all. But Trevor wanted us to know that we need to prepare our minds and hearts so we won't find ourselves dead in the mortar whenever we get faced with doing things that are in our relationships. In week four, we heard from Daniel Stevanus. Everybody want to give Daniel Stevanus a hand? Wild Stallion. We love that guy. He was welcoming every single student and adult in this room tonight before you came in. You saw Stow. So we love that guy. And uh, so Stow talked to us about sharks and minnows. And he used the idea of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the idea that they 
when finding themselves in that place in basically the fiery furnace, that there was someone there protecting them. It was Jesus who was there protecting us. And we're not supposed to bat on the idols because that's the reason they found themselves in that place in the first place. And so there's things in our world when it comes to idols and things we put before the Lord. And he was saying, hey, we shouldn't. We should definitely protect ourselves and we shouldn't put the other things before the Lord. Tonight, ending our series, um, is all about swim lessons tonight. But the idea tonight is we're gonna talk about friendships. And we're gonna compare friendships when it comes to, in all this whole series, you remember we've been using these flotation fun little tubes for games and all the other stuff, especially on Wednesday nights we're using these. But tonight we're gonna talk about relationships with friends in three different places. And we're gonna talk about it from those three different floats. Because we know that, and you know, I mean, girls, I know you do it a lot, but when you're going through something, who's the first person that you talk to about it? Your best friend. Oh yeah, that's it, the best friend. You find out who your best friends are. If you look at social media, most times girls will take a picture with their best friend is like BFF, whatever, all the things. And so that's who we go to. We talk to our friends about relationships. We talk to our friends about boys. We talk to our friends about girls. We talk to our friends about what our parents are doing to us and aggravating us. And we talk to them about that. We complain. We even talk about what's going on in school. Maybe this teacher is not who we thought she should be, or maybe he's bothering you as a teacher. So you go and talk to your friends and you just back and forth, back and forth about all that. But I think it's very important tonight that we consider who we're connecting ourselves to when it comes to friendships and who we label ourselves as best friends to because as you'll find out in a second, we have to be very careful in that. In life, there are gonna be good friends that encourage us when we're down. They're gonna help us when we need something. They're gonna hold up our hands whenever we need helping hand. But this first float that we're gonna talk about is neither of those three. The first float that we're gonna talk about is called a flat float. So what I want you to do is describe to me this float right here. Help me out. What? Flat. Flat. Thank you. Who else could tell me about this float? No air. It will not float. Anybody else? So in your first note, we're going to talk about flat floats or flat friends. You ready? First one. The first thing to know about a flat float is this, that they're ungodly. They're ungodly. Jude 1 says this, for certain individuals whose condemnation was written about long ago, have secretly slipped in among you. They are ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into a license of immorality and deny Jesus Christ as our sovereign and Lord. See, friends who aren't godly, they're unhealthy for us. If we're Christians and we're following Christ and we connect ourselves to flat friends and they're ungodly, it's just unhealthy for us to stay connected to them. Why? Because they're okay with doing the things of the world even if it goes against God's plan for our life. We want friends that are gonna keep us afloat. If you're connecting yourself to a flat float, then all of a sudden, are you gonna be able to float or are you gonna sink and drown? Sink and drown. One thing I wanna just think about as we're talking about these ideas of friendships, tonight you're thinking about your friends, are they flat floats? But I want you to also be thinking when we get through these next other two in this one, is it not just my friend that's the flat float or am I the flat float in the relationship of being friends? It can be one or the other. It's either you're self-examining, am I one of these, or is my friend one of these things? Uh, a week and a half ago, whenever my guys on Monday nights, myself and Uncle Tony down front right here, big Indovino, we went to Buffalo Wild Wings. 
And whenever we went to Buffalo Wild Wings, I noticed I got there a little early, but I saw some students that I knew that worked there, former students of mine. And then, but I felt like this, this lady was like checking, like looking at me from a distance. And I just felt someone looking at me. I look over and I'm like, who's that lady? I'm like, oh, I remember. So this was a lady that I knew 20 years ago, whenever I was heading like middle school to high school, right in the eighth grade to ninth grade. And her son and I were like best friends. I thought he was the coolest dude in town. He just started driving. He had a sweet full drive truck. We go out in the country. I mean, we're hitting, you know, we're going mudding in the fields, riding on dirt roads and all the stuff. But at that time, I didn't realize, I thought I had the coolest friend in the world and he was cool and everybody liked him. But it, then I realized, you know what? This guy, after a while, once we got back to school, he was heading, heading me down a path that I shouldn't have been going on. And at that point, I was making bad decisions. My grades weren't good by the time we hit the fall. And then all of a sudden, about mid-semester, uh, his, actually his stepmom was our principal at our school. And she sat us both down, I'll never forget it. It was Miss Debbie, Miss Debbie Bear. Miss Debbie Bear sat us down, she's like, you two have to change, and if you two don't change, you're gonna be out of here. There's no choice, you're gonna leave our school because if you don't abide by what we're doing and you're not you know, applying yourselves, then you're out. And so at that point, it was like a check for me. I'm like, wow, I've gotta get myself out of this situation. I found out very quickly that her son, the lady that I saw in the restaurant, is her son I was best friends with. And of course now what's awesome is he's doing great and I'm doing great. And you know, he has little twins and he has another little kid and he's doing great. But at that season of his life, I found out that my friend Jason, he was completely a flat float. And I'd connected myself to someone who had a cool truck and could drive and I couldn't quite drive yet. But man, he was just taking me down. And so for you, my hope is, is that you'll consider who you're connecting yourself to and that you wouldn't connect yourself to flat floats and you also would not be that flat float. The next thing we know about flat floats is they're sinful. Proverbs 12, 26 says, one who is righteous is a guide to his neighbor, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. You see, we have to learn to swim in a way to protect ourselves from sinful people, especially friends around us. Many of us, because of our age, we're not able to stand up sometimes and say no to certain situations because maybe we're not like secure enough to say no to something that's happened around us. It was so cool this morning in, uh, in our table group time at high school, uh, some, of the, some of the freshman guys and girls I'm sitting there with, and they're saying, man, you know, our friends around us are saying they're one thing, we talked about hypocrites for a minute, but then they're here at church saying one thing, when we go out there, we're doing something completely different. So for me, I'm like, they didn't even know what tonight's message was, but even those freshman students are still not, they're starting to realize that they're, they're recognizing flat floats compared to the ones that are what we're gonna talk about in a minute, floating floats. So you have to really be careful in how we do that. Even Jesus, see, Jesus had thousands, hundreds of thousands of people that would follow him. He had 12 that followed him really close, but there was only three that he, he trusted the most and would actually talk to you about serious things that was going on in his life. Even Jesus was wise whenever he surrounded himself with guys that he was gonna trust and share some of his things that he really needed help with. See, when I was 14, I realized that I couldn't get over, you know, the whole idea of my buddy Jason at 14. Like, I realized he's a flat float for me and I've gotta be careful. Um, in 1 Corinthians 15.33, it says, do not be deceived, bad company ruins good morals or sometimes says bad company corrupts good morals. It says, may you guys and girls not be deceived. For me at 14, I was deceived by my friend Jason. Uh, I'm still friends with him now. I'm talking to him a long time, but his brother lives here locally, so we catch up from time to time and have lunch. And you know, at times when we're young, we just have to realize, like, we have to keep ourselves safe. We have to watch out who we're connecting ourselves to. The last thing we know about flat floats is they're empty. 
Somebody said that this thing is completely empty. There's no air in it. Thank you, Kyle. You smiled. You said that. Very good. Everybody give Kyle a hand. Why not? <laughs> we love that guy. Other than Stallion, he was the other one outside tonight that was welcoming everybody here on a Sunday night. So very cool. He's our social butterfly. We love him. Um, so when floats are empty, um, can they help us stay afloat? When floats are empty, can they help us stay afloat? No, absolutely not. Like a flat float, there are friends out there that cause us to sink. Either we're causing other people to sink if we're like this, or they're going to be causing us to sink whenever they're completely flat and out of air. Romans 1, 28 through 31 says, And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They were full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They were gossips. Do you know any gossips out there around you, ladies or guys? There's some gossips out there. They're flat floats. They're slanderers. They're people putting people down. There's haters of God. They're insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents. Do you know anybody who's disobedient to parents out there? They're flat floats. If you're one of those, you may be part of being a flat float. I hope not, but it's possible. Verse 31 says that they're foolish, they're faithless, they're heartless, they're ruthless. If you have any friends who are hard-hearted and some of those things apply, just be very careful. And what I would say is just start praying for them. If you're that, I'm gonna pray for you that maybe God would take you and not allow you to continue to stay flat. Verse 32 goes on and says, though they know God's righteousness decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they do not only do them, but give approval for those to practice them. A friend who's a flat float, somebody who's gonna continue, like my friend Jason, even though we knew things were wrong, we still continue to do it because we thought it was cool. It's like for me, it's like so many students in our schools today, they, they define what is cool, they define it. And for us as Christians, like we need to say, no, no, that's not cool, like this is cool. Myself and in Indivino, I actually finished at a college called Liberty University. Indivino's in it right now. And I know that at our college, it's all Christian students. And yeah, you had some who were like the rule breakers or wanted to do something different, but in our college, being Christian was cool. We'd go to parties, literally, and I didn't even talk about this Wednesday night, but I'll talk about it now, but we would go to parties, and we would, at the, at the football games, now there's like 30,000 people and go to a game at a time, and we'd get flyers at the games, and the flyers would say, this party is alcohol-free, and it doesn't mean that the alcohol is free, it means no drinking, period. And when I lived in Hilton Head and I had friends going to all these colleges in the Southeast and they heard that that's the kind of parties we went to, I'm like, you don't understand. These are, the, these are the hottest parties anywhere. We would have the best dance parties ever and nobody's drinking, nobody's smoking, nobody's doing anything. And you know, at the end of it, even my friends in, down at the beach where I lived who went to all the other party schools were blown away that we had more fun than they had. And we ended up having a better time than any of those guys had. So we can define in our own lives what is cool and what is not. So the question tonight is, are you running to all those things that everybody else is saying cool, or are you being true to who God wants you to be in your life? All right, here we go. Float number two. Somebody give me some descriptions on this float right here. Half full. What else? Half empty. You guys are the optimists in the room, by the way. No, way. optimists will be it's half full. Pessimists will say it's half empty. So what else do we see? What else about this float compared to that float? All right, what'd you call it? It's wrinkled. Is that what you said? It's wrinkled. I'll, all right, I'll tell you what this float is. I'll tell, this one does need help. We're going we're to call this one tonight. This is a leaky float. This thing leaks. That's a good one, Kyle. I saw your finger. Take a picture of that one on the screen. 
So when a float is leaking, eventually what we're going to do, if we're in a float that's leaking, what's eventually, what's going to happen to us? We're going to do what? Who said sink? Who said sink? Thank you, my man right there. We're going to sink. Like a leaking, yeah, you're going to stay afloat for a little while, but if it's leaking, eventually, you know what you're going to do? You're going to sink. You're going to be flat, just like the one below it. Like a leaking float, we or our friends have and will eventually cause us to sink. Like in the last sections, Proverbs 15.33 says, bad company corrupts us. It's real. If we attach ourselves or influenced by others in this way, we will sink. And our friends who are attached to us, we're going to also sink with them. Do you guys want to sink? No, you do not want to sink. And it influences both of us in a harmful way. A few years ago, I had these two students who eventually became interns. And the crazy thing today is both of them are head worship leaders of two very large churches, one specifically even larger church out in Colorado, church like a little larger than our church here. It's pretty amazing. But those two knuckleheads, I'll just tell you that before I get started with the story, two knuckleheads thought, came to my office, and they're like, hey, Pastor Oakley, you know what we're gonna do? I was like, what are you gonna do? Like, we're gonna go down Saluda River. I'm like, awesome, that's cool. Like, no, 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 we're gonna go down Saluda River, but we're gonna go down Saluda River like nobody else has before. I'm like, what are you gonna do? So what they did is they went and bought a kiddie, a kiddie pool. You know what kiddie pools are? Did you blow them up? Do you know anything about a kiddie pool? But the kiddie pool, see, you gotta understand, it's made from the same material as this. The only thing is it gets blown up, right? One thing I forgot to do at the beginning of this is to tell you on this little, on every one of these floats is this little warning label right here. And I wanna tell you what it says before I tell you what happened to those two. But it says, warning, aquatic toy used only under supervision. And then it says, this is not a life-saving device. This is not a life-saving device. So I didn't read their little thing, but I know that if the pool is the same material as this, and this thing can leak, and they're about to go down the Saluda River together after they blow it up. So they blew the thing up, and they had their drinks and all their junk, and they're going down Saluda River together and thought they, did, they were the coolest two kids on the planet. But you know what? It happened about 30 minutes or 40 minutes into it. They hit a couple bumps, a couple rocks, and they started to leak. And then what happened when they started to leak? Yes, you're smiling. No, that is true. They sank. And thank God that they are young, 20-something-year-old dudes who could actually get out of the river, but they're in the middle of the river in a big old baby blow-up pool, and the joker's going down, and they swam to shore, and they had to walk back a mile or so back up to their cars to get out of there. Basically, I would say those guys at that point were dumb and dumber. That's what I told them when they got back to the office. Like, you guys are like dumb and dumber, man. Y'all should have never done that. Because if you ever seen the movie Dumb and Dumber, they think they do the coolest things every time, and then eventually you realize it's a really dumb idea. So those guys had a really, really dumb idea. Proverbs 13.20 says this. And actually, just before that, I'll let you know. So we'll, we'll transition to the next thing we know about leaking floats is they're foolish. These two guys were absolutely foolish to believe that they're going to blow up a kiddie pool and they're going to go down the Saluda River and make it. And you're laughing because now you realize you would have been the guy, right? That everybody Wednesday night, by the way, when I told that story to middle schoolers, we already had people hitting up my dude right here and thought it was him who did it. I could see you doing that, but do not do it. I promise. Proverbs 13, 20 says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. So if we walk to the wise, if we walk with the wise, what do we become? Wise. It also says, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. So if we are foolish, just like my dudes who went down the river and blow up a baby pool, who literally the thing says it's not a life-saving device and you 
literally are sinking, you're going to drown. And I'm so thankful they didn't drown. But you know what? If we follow those that are fools, we're going to end up getting harmed. Have you ever said to yourself, have anybody ever told you, hey, don't hang out with that person or that person because they're going to cause you to do what they do? And then all of a sudden, the answer is always, no, 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 they're not going to influence me to do that stuff. I'm just going to hang out. I'll be good. I'll be good. I can tell you, just like me when I hung out with my buddy Jason, like I said the same stuff. My friend's like, dude, don't hang out with that guy. Don't hang out with that guy. And I did. And eventually, I started doing what he was doing. For me, it says, and, and here's the Bible says, that we are judged by the company keep. If we begin hanging out with the wrong crowd, eventually we'll take on the crowd's personalities. We will begin to do what they do. We'll begin to talk like they talk. And if, we, if they are foolish, then we too become foolish like them. That's what happens. And maybe even for some of us in the room, some of those things apply to us and maybe we're influencing others to be foolish. This morning in our, in our table groups, I heard students saying over the summer that you know parties are going on. Lots of their friends are ones who technically are, are students who say they go to church, they're Christians. But man, they're just doing crazy stuff. And some students are wise enough to get away from it, but others are like, no, 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 we'll do that. It's summer. We're going to hang out and have a good time and do the stuff that everybody does. And for me, that's foolish, man. You know, last night, I, um, I didn't tell this story Wednesday night because this just happened last night, but my, but my uncle uh, ended up getting a stroke yesterday afternoon. And so last night, I went up to the hospital to be with him and his family, pray with him, lay hands on him. And uh, I went to dinner afterwards at IHOP down in the Vista with my grandmother, my mom, and my aunt. And my aunt's daughter uh, just turned 17. She's a senior in high school down from my hometown, um, down to Low Country. And she's like, pray for my daughter because, man, she's going through tough times. And I was like, well, what's going on? I already knew what was going on. I just didn't tell her I knew what was going on. I just wanted to hear from her. But, you know, her daughter grew up in church, you know. Her older sister went to Clemson, excelled through Clemson, led worship at our home church. Like, they're a great family. But for some reason, my little cousin, man, she's just partying it up, drinking with the rest of them, smoking whenever she's smoking. Like, she's just being like the crowd. And it breaks our family's heart because we're, we're believers, man. We're a Christian family. People know us for that. A few weeks ago, she got in an accident like two o'clock in the morning, flipped her car and had beer inside the car. Thank God she didn't get a DUI. Somehow they didn't give her a DUI, but she got reckless driving. She got off scot-free. But for me, it's like, even my little cousin, man, it's affecting families. It's affecting people. People get hurt by that stuff. So just be careful. And what she was doing, she was following friends. She's following friends. Friends were in front of her in the car and they dipped out and left her. So is that a good friend? No, not a good friend. The second thing is here is leaking floats. They're quarrelsome. So the first thing we find out they're, they're leaking and then they're foolish. And the next thing we find out is they're quarrelsome. Have you ever had friends who just love to argue? You have those friends? Some just like to argue. They like to say unhealthy stuff out of their mouth like we talked about a couple weeks ago. They're quarreling when they come into a room. It just brings the room down, like sucks the air out of the room. Proverbs 17, 14 says, the start of a quarrel is like a leak in a dam. So stop it before it bursts. We know what happens when Lake Murray Dam bursts. What does it do? It affects everybody beneath them. So if we're connected to people who are quarrelsome all the time, man, it's just gonna cause a big old headache and a big old fuss and a fallout. I mean, how many times have I seen girls and guys that are all friends and something happens, they butt heads, and now they're not friends anymore because they got in this ruckus. And says, when friends who are quarrelsome begin to bring their negativity to the room, man, others follow. I don't want you guys to be those ones to follow that crazy stuff. For me, I'm thankful for my friend Jason's stepmom, who was our principal, because you know what? My buddy Jason, once he got to high school, he was that guy. He was that guy who was the bully. He was that guy who talked harsh to people. He would beat people up eventually and do some crazy stuff. But thank God that God brought me out of that 
whenever I was like 14 going into 15, so I didn't have to get caught up in that stuff. Maybe some of us need to say, hey, who do we need to detach ourselves from so we don't get caught up in that stuff? I was thinking when God got me out. By the time Easter rolled around, that was the year that I actually got saved at 15 on Easter Sunday. Never forget it. But I started off a rough year. Man, I ended up well. And then after that year, I mean, I went from like almost like getting kicked out and having horrible grades to like then excelling, straight A's, you know, going into beta club, got into college, first one in my family to go to college. But if I'd let that stuff, friends bring me down, I'd never gotten there. I'd have been a big old hot mess and I wouldn't be here tonight hanging out with you guys. So the last thing we know about leaky floats is they're unhappy. Proverbs 27, 15 through 16, um, and it speaks of, uh, about a woman and a wife and it says, a continual dripping on a rainy day and a quarrelsome wife are alike. To restrain her is to restrain the wind or to grasp oil in one's right hand. And know that whenever the writer is writing this in Proverbs, writing to a bunch of young men who are being trained about what's gonna come on later in life. So much wisdom in Proverbs, and this was written for young men. So you, you hear it's talking about uh, a quarrelsome wife or a woman who's like. So for me, can you just recognize the friends around you who are just unhappy? They're quarrelsome, they're, they're just a hot mess. You know, last weekend for me, when it's sitting here and it's talking about the whole thing um, of, it says, continual dripping a rainy day and quarrelsome wife or alike to restrain her is to restrain the wind to grasp oil in the right hand. Well, whenever that hurricane hit just, what, a week and a half ago, at my house, we live out on the lake and when the wind was coming around from Charlotte, it was like we could barely get the front doors on the lakeside even open. It was just, you can't control it. The wind's just there and you can't. So whenever friends of yours are quarreling and they're fighting and they're being stupid, like you just can't stop them. They're just out of control. You can't control it. Parents try to control them. Teachers at times try to control them. They just can't be controlled. My little cousin right now, she's that same way. Her mom can't control her. The people in the school can't control her. She's just in that world, man. It's just consumed her life. And then the last one there that says that it, it, to grasp this person in the right hand is like oil. Have you ever tried to grab oil? How many of you ever used coconut oil? Anybody? Coconut oil. See, girls do it all around the room. To put that hand up. That's right. My wife uses coconut oil. Some people use it to cook with. Other people use it if you have eczema or something or your skin. It's really good for your skin. So through the summer, and I wear flip-flops all the time or I'm wearing chacos or something, but so what happens with your feet is they get a little kind of rough in the back, right? So my wife's like, oh, you should put some of my coconut oil on. It's in the bathroom. And I go and I read it. I'm like, oh, you can cook with this stuff. That's awesome. And I'm like looking at it. So I put my hand in her jar and I go to rub it on my hands. And when I go to put it on my feet, literally, it's already gone. It like turns into oil so fast you can't even hold on to it. It's just a, gl a glue, like this glob of white and then it goes to oil and then nothing and I can't hold on to it. I was like, this stuff's horrible. And he said, no, no, just get it on there. I promise it'll work. So I had to like figure out a way to put it on. But the thing is like this woman, it's like when you have friends that are like that and you girls know what I'm talking about, like you have girls that just get fired up and all that, like you cannot control them. You can't get a hand on them because there's out of control. And I hope you've never been that way when I talked about earlier, like to your parents or to your moms or anybody I hope that you can get control. I mean, that's the idea is we are Christians, like we should be under control. And then lastly, we have this other float. And someone give me some explanation on this float. What do you see? Float. It's a floaty float. That's a good one. I like that floaty float. What'd you say, Kyle? You always get me a good one. What's this one? Full. A full float. Give Kyle a hand because that's exactly what we're talking about is full floats. You're good, man. Kyle, you're brilliant. But the idea here in the last one is that we have friends who literally are four. They can literally float. They're not flat. They're not leaking, but man, they're solid. And it's something we can kind of depend on. 
And that's what it is. But the first thing about these friends is they're comforting. A good friend who's afloat for you is they're comforting. The book of Job is one of my favorite books of the Bible. When I got saved, I just started getting into the word and reading it. Back then, in DeVito and I, we'd read something called a King James Version. He still reads the King James Version. But, you know, it's really weird how it's all written. And it's like old English kind of sounding. But Job was one of my favorite books I picked up on because that dude was faithful. No matter what he went through, he was so faithful. And if you know the verse and it talks about the devil goes around like a roaring lion ready to devour and kill and all that kind of stuff, like that's what was going on in the beginning of this book. And he went to God and he said, who is somebody that you can basically let me get? And God's like, where have you been? And the, Satan says, hey, I've been to and fro all over the world, but I can't find the one that I want to get. And so he said, hey, have you considered my, my servant Job? Because Job is one who's always been faithful. So Satan takes him up on the offer and God says, the only thing you can't do is you can't kill Job. So all of a sudden he puts an attack on Job. In verse 11, it says, now when Job's three friends heard of all this evil that had come upon him, they came each from his own place. And there's a couple towns that it says that they came from. So he had already been under attack of Satan. And then all of a sudden his friends hear about it. And if they're comforting, here's what they do. They made an appointment together to come and show his sympathy and comfort him. And when they saw him from a distance, they did not recognize him. And they raised their voices and wept. They tore their robes and sprinkled dust on their heads towards heaven. And they sat with him on the ground seven days and seven nights. And no one spoke a word to him. For they saw that his suffering was very great. So what did these friends do? These friends basically heard what he was going through and they comforted him for how many days? Seven days, man. Imagine sitting there and your friend goes something hard, so hard, and you just come and chill with them for seven days. You don't say anything. You're just with them because, man, they're hurting. Oftentimes it's hard for us not to say something, but maybe God just wants us at times to be a good friend so that all of a sudden we're just with our friends that are suffering or going through some hard time. A few years ago, uh, we had a student at Gilbert High School who passed away on the marching band field because he had drank too many energy drinks. I did not tell middle schoolers that the other night, but I'm gonna tell you, they drank too many energy drinks and this young man passed away, had a heart attack right on the field in August, a couple years back. I had a bunch of students who actually were marching band with him and other students in the school who were friends with him. And so it was like this big, when we went to the hospital, um, I think it was at Richland, but the idea, like we went there and he had already passed. But there were hundreds of students in the hospital, like just weeping over losing their friend. And then I knew that his dad was not a believer. I see his dad over in this wheelchair. He's just chilling there. And you can tell he's just in another world. He's just lost his son, the one that he loves. I could not losing, I have two sons, by the way. I couldn't lose, imagine losing either one of them because how much I love them. But I didn't want to go and like just be saying stuff because I knew everybody was heavy in the room. So I would just go around the room and I would just kind of be with students because I wanted to comfort them in the loss of their friend. And then I started kind of asking, well, where's the dad? And I found that the dad was chilling in this like wheelchair and he wasn't talking to anybody. He just sat there in silence. So I just went over. I didn't know him and he didn't know me, but I went over to him and I sat on the floor and I just put my hand on his forearm and put my hand on his shoulder and back on his forearm. I just sat there for a while. And after a while, it was like an hour or two that I literally just sat there with the man he knew I was there. I never said a word to him, but I was inside of me. I was just praying over this man so God would comfort him whenever he got to this harsh place that he just lost his son. So we need to find friends like that. Not like me, but just like, like Job's friends. That you, whenever they're going through stuff, that they're, those are gonna be the friends that help you to be able to float. That you're gonna be that friend that when your friend's going through something, you're gonna go help them float. And that's what 
it's amazing for me. I was like a blessing to me. And then last night when I went to go see my uncle who had a stroke, his wife, his son is in the Middle East. His daughter is up north. He was home by himself because his wife went on a retreat with other ladies at the beach. And I just went up there with my uncle and I just was there. And I told him I just taught middle school students this concept. And so I said, I'm just gonna be quiet. He said, okay, I'm gonna rest my eyes. And I just put my hand over him and I prayed over him. And I was just there with him. When his wife showed up on the scene, she thanked me for just being there and being in the room with him. Sometimes we just need to be with each other. We need to comfort each other by just being there. You don't necessarily have to say anything, but just, man, pray to the Lord and ask them to help them. Amen? Amen. Romans 15, one through two says, we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. From this passage, we see that a friend who floats is one who is strong, that they're strong. So the first part is they're comforting. The second part is if we are people who float, then we're gonna be strong. Strong friends are there for friends who are weak. Friends who float are there for others. They build others up. They encourage. They instruct others to do things well. They endure, and they just keep going. And they try to bring harmony to any situation. Those are friends that are floating. Those are the ones that are staying above all the mess. They're like floating above it. For me, I'm thinking for us at Mount Horeb, students at Mount Horeb, it's time for us to be strong. It's time for us to be good friends who float well. It's like, it's time for us to take on the characteristics of what the passage said, that we are surrounding ourselves with people who are gonna be strong and who want to do the right thing and that we wanna do the same. And the last part is that we, in this section is like, we know that Jesus truly is the only one who can really be strong for us. Our friends aren't always gonna be able to do it. Our families aren't gonna be able to do it, but Jesus is the one. And last thing we must know about friends who float is that they're loving. So the first thing they're comforting, then they're strong, and last thing about people who float is they're loving. Proverbs 17, 17 says, a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Adversity there meaning showing great courage in the face of the hardest times of our lives. So that friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. That means that a brother, someone, or a sister that comes beside us, that when we're going through the hardest times of our lives, man, they're there for us. Question nine is, do you have that person who's there for you? Are you that person for someone else? It's a good question for us to think about. Courageous here means brave. We want you to float so well that, man, you're brave for others, that you may be brave and the friends that surround yourselves will be loving and also brave. First Peter 4, 8 says this. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. Let's repeat that. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. On the screen there's a thing called a PFD. And a PFD is a personal flotation device. How many of you have ever seen one of those little orange PFDs? If you own a boat, they're usually supposed to be all inside the boat. So if you have enough people that are on your boat, you have a boat to show the guys if something happens. And the guys will be like the guys on the lake who check your boats to make sure you have it. So if something happens, everybody has a flotation device. A personal flotation device is a piece of equipment designed to assist a wearer to keep afloat in the water. The wearer may be either conscious or unconscious. It is meant to save your life in case of an emergency while you are in the water. Bottom line is that little joker will float forever. You fall out of a boat, you hit your head. It's ugly, but it's designed in a way that if you're, you're unconscious or conscious, it's gonna keep you alive. It's gonna keep you up afloat so you just don't drown. These right here, every one of these gives a warning that it's not one that's gonna save your life. 
eventually these things, they're fun for the summer. They're fun to hang out on for a bit. But as you all know, if you have a pool or if you've been around a pool where people who have these things, you usually go to Dollar General somewhere to buy them or Walmart to buy them at the beginning of the summer. In the summer, these things you toss because they never keep their air. These guys are gonna save you whenever you're like that. So me, it has like a little thing on that says, this is a flotation device that is legit. It's gonna keep you alive. It's really the person that you need to connect to, but understand this, that a person can't do that either. The only person that's truly gonna save you is Jesus. He's our ultimate savior. He is our only savior who's gonna keep us afloat. Our friends can take us so far. They might be leaky. They might be completely flat or they might be full, but at times we can't take on or our friends can't take on maybe some of the things that we bring to them or something that we take to them or they bring to us. And so what we should be doing is we should be pointing our friends or pointing ourselves to Jesus because he's ultimately the one who's gonna save our lives when we find ourselves in some of the, the toughest spots in our lives. So the question I have for you tonight, and we want you to be real with yourselves tonight, is which one of these floats are you being? Which one of these floats are you being? Are you flat? Are you out of air? Are you unable to, to help a friend? Are you bringing others down? You know, is this what your friends look like that you're connecting yourselves to? Are they flat? Are they bringing you down? Are they doing things they shouldn't be doing and then you're following? Or are you this guy? Are you the leaking one in the room? And you still keep doing some of the things in the world, but yet you know you should be doing something different, so you leak. My hope is tonight that you'll check your heart and say, Lord, I don't want to leak anymore. Leaking's not fun. Because we sink for a minute, we sort of get up, but we're always just kind of bouncing around because we it can't keep us fully afloat. And the next one is, do you find yourself fully floating? Full float, right, Kyle? Do you, do you help others to come above the mess? Are the friends you're connected to, are they keeping you above the mess? Because in this life, man, we've been teaching you guys how to swim. And with floats when I was a kid, it's like I couldn't quite swim fully, so we use these flotation devices to kind of help us out. But you know, something that I was telling Trevor when we were getting ready for this little thing tonight is like, you know, you know the little swimmies that blow up on your, on your arms? Remember those? Yeah, you remember those, right? Noah, Noah still wears them. I'm just kidding, he don't wear them. I just, you do wear them. Yeah, but what happens whenever you have one on one arm and you have a leaky one on the other side and it goes flat, what happens to you? Yeah, the girl right behind you, she's like, you're gonna do this. The same thing with these, man. If we're any of this, like we're, we're eventually gonna sink, man. We need to attach ourselves to the Lord that's gonna keep us above all the crazy in this world, whatever we find ourselves. I mean, we've been teaching you guys how to swim well. We want you to swim well in this life. You know, when you find yourself a couple weeks ago when we did the, um, the one I was telling you about don't pee or poop in the pool, uh, one of, the, one of the, the swim motions, is the dude that did the swim thing, is he here tonight? I don't know if he is. Yeah, no? Anyways, he was a swimmer. Dude could, he's over there. Somebody said he's over there. You there? You here? You? Hold your hand if you were that guy. There he is. Give that guy over there hand. That's right. I wish I could bring you up here and so you can show off your sweet skills of swimming. But you know what? One thing we taught that night was the idea of cruising past. Cruising past. Like this stuff float, keeps you up. But you know what? When you run into some crazy stuff, it's like you want the Lord to help you be wise enough to see things coming that you can cruise right around it. You don't get caught up in it. 
it's not gonna affect you or you're not gonna affect other people, that you just cruise on by it. We want you to be able to infect the world, the friends around you in a positive way. And if you're either of these other two, you're probably not doing that. If you're connecting yourselves to friends through these two, they're not doing that for you either. But we want you guys to check yourselves. And so in a minute, the band's gonna come back out. And what we're gonna do is give you a time just to pray with some of the leaders, pray with each other. Uh, one thing I challenge the middle schoolers on Wednesday night is maybe this is not a go in a crowd moment. Maybe this is just a you and the Lord moment. Maybe some of y'all tonight need to be saved, man. You need God to come in and really just save you like I did when I was in eighth and ninth grade summer. He literally saved me. He took me away from that dude, Jason. And by Easter, I was on fire for the Lord, man. He has saved me and I knew it. Never been the same since. Do I struggle in leaks sometimes? Yes, but I try my hardest that I'm floating. I'm helping other people. That's who we want you guys to be. So with that, if you would, let's stand real quick. And just before I head off, I want you to, all across the room, I want you to join hands. I want you to join hands. A few weeks ago, right before school kicked back, check this out, right before school kicked back, I took my kids to the Cherokee Rapids. We got in my spinner and we went over the mountains and me and a couple of my kids, we were in a float and we were going down rapids, but we all stayed together. We held hands and we stayed together. One of my kids, I will not name them, ended up in a float, wouldn't do what we told him to do and did not have a good time. It was a horrible experience. Never wanna do it again. But for my kids who stayed connected to me and we floated down, it was amazing. I was scared a few times that we were gonna get a puncture and we we're gonna, you know, get drowned, but we didn't, we had a blast. We want all of you, imagine we had a whole room full of people who were floating. You guys stay connected. You're keeping each other up above, floating above all the crazy in the world. Like that's who we want the students in Mount Horb to be. You guys are encouraging us, you're helping each other. Like you, you're staying afloat. When you see a friend in this room sinking, you're gonna go and get them. You're gonna message them, you're gonna call them. You see them getting flat, man, you gotta bring them back so they're floating, they have life. Whenever we're drowning, it's not fun, it wears us out. Whenever we literally are flat, like we drown. It's like life is gone. For me, life was being able to float down the river and have a blast, that was awesome experience. Life can be meant, like I told you, when I was in college, we partied in ways that we had more fun than anybody and we didn't do all the crazy. May you guys find how to do that, man. And ask the Lord to help you do that. So I wanna pray for you while you're all connected. And after that, just get along with the Lord, man. If you need to pray, pray. If you need somebody to pray with you, the leaders are gonna be around the room available. But let's get this right. Let's swim well. Let's keep you guys floating, amen? So let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for these students. I just thank you for that we can take a couple pink little floats and get an idea on how best to protect ourselves from friends who are unhealthy or even for us in the room, maybe we're unhealthy. Maybe they helped us to understand kind of where we are. Are we flat, are we leaking, or, or are we floating? God, help these students to be that encouragement to each other, the friends who we need to be strong for each other. If there's students who are not here tonight, Lord, who we know are sinking, that they are, they're starting to sink, may we reach out to them to help them again to float to be close to you, to be with other believers who are seeking after you. And God, you are our ultimate savior. You're the one that's gonna keep us out of the mess and help us, God, to be those friends, to be those people, to um, the friends around us and especially each other in this room. Bless these students, God. We thank you for them in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen.